All right, everybody, welcome back to episode 40 of In the Flat Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kill, joined again by my favorite people in the world, Jordan Schultz and Ben Parker. How you guys doing? Have a good weekend? Oh, always. Great. It's been guys. good. I've missed you guys all week, and uh, it's good to be back and see you guys again. Stop so lying, Ben. If I don't, I don't hear your voices, guys, you know, something's missing in my heart. So, all right. Um, so let's talk about, um, you know, we'll jump kind of right into our conference previews for just for um, our going coverage there. So this week we're going to talk about the big 12 and um, what that conference is looking like, obviously, you know, as we talked about last week with the PAC 12, there's a lot of changes upcoming in the next few years with Texas, Oklahoma leaving, but that's not what we're talking about this week. We're talking about um, the upcoming 2022 season. Um, you know, really, I would say this is an interesting conference because I don't think there's a clear, team that's like hey that's who's going to win the conference normally it's oklahoma but with so many changes happening in oklahoma you can't really say that um you have baylor oklahoma oklahoma state you never know texas is going to be back again uh, with quinn ewers as quarterback um you know there's so there's a lot of interesting things happening within the conference you have um you know those kansas states iowa state west virginia is they have all interesting dynamics with transfers and everything else happening um, in the middle of the conference uh, then you have those teams at the, at the bottom, you know, like Kansas, who I think are, are moving in the right direction. So it should be a pretty interesting and compelling conference this year. Um, so let's get into the preview. So let's talk about Baylor. Um, Baylor last year uh, was a 12 and two overall, seven and two in conference. Um, they're the reigning Big 12 champions. So, um, you know, definitely good to see them kind of back with Dave Aranda. I really, I thought he did a really excellent job coaching last year. Um, and I would say it's, it's going to be kind of hard for any team to, anybody to pick against him um, because, you know, they, everybody feels like he has a better quarterback now coming in and the, you know, defense will continue to be a strong point. So Jordan, you know, based on that season last year, is that something that was kind of a one-year thing with David Randa, or do you think they're going to continue that trend? I think they can continue that trend. I think 12 and two is easily reached again. Um, changing quarterbacks, I think huge because uh, their quarterback play last year was uh not on par with uh, Oklahoma or teams that are, you know, ha- are good. You know, just in, but uh, their schedule is favor favors them. Uh, it's pretty, pretty easy. I mean, the te- at Texas, you know, you never know about Texas. They play at Oklahoma. Um, they play home against Oklahoma State. But other than that, I mean. We can always always talk about that Kansas game, you know that you know it's at home, so I think they they got that one in, in the bag. So uh, Baylor twelve and two again, easily um, going back to the Big Twelve championship is not too difficult for uh, Baylor this year. All right, do you agree, Ben, or do you see something different on your side? Yeah, I'm on the same way here, and I apologize. I'm pulling up the schedule as we speak. But they, they should, and I don't know that they're going to be lights out at quarterback this year, but they, they should be improved at quarterback, and that's going to make a big difference, especially hopefully they, they hope in the, in the big games. Start looking through their schedule. There's a lot of automatic wins here. Um, I really, really like what I think a lot of people do. Uh, Dave Aranda had this team looking so efficient last year. It was like they just did not make a lot of mistakes and beat themselves on defense. They were so aggressive and yet intelligent on defense. The offensive line was solid. The, the running backs were good. It was like the only thing that held them back 
really was the quarterback play. So I, I think I think they're right back up there in that double-digit win category. I don't see a whole lot of teams here that I would would even really give them a chance to beat Baylor in some of these games, to be honest. You kind of get down to the end of the year where you start to see Baylor at Oklahoma and then Baylor at Texas because we Texas is a total wild card. Who knows what Texas is going to look like at the end of the season? Um, and then that's really where you start to question – can they win these big games? Are they good enough at the quarterback spot? How good are the other teams? But, yeah, I like Baylor right back there at the double-digit win. I think they're going to rock right through a lot of the schedule. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I definitely feel like Baylor be the team of the conference for sure. Um, you know, obviously defense was a strength last year. They um, they did lose a lot, few few talent from that, that part of it. And I, I think my biggest concern would be they have just two re returning starters in the secondary, which would be a little bit concerning. Um, so, but, you know, I, I think one thing Dave Aranda is good at is developing players to, to kind of step into those spots. So I, I don't, you know, I don't think that'd be a huge concern, but they may not be as good as last year. Um, offense has a chance to be better. Um, you know, after in 2020, they were, they only had 23.3 points a game. And then last year they jumped up to 31 and that was in, um, you know, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes first season so I think he'll continue to do that improvement he has Blake um, Shapin now who's the quarterback um, who won it over Gary Bohannon in the spring um, you know I think he's got to upgrade the passing Gary Bohannon last year was just not a good passer of the football at all so you got to think if they get anything out of that passing game their offense will be even more explosive um, but they also need to find a new go-to running back so there's a couple concerns here but I think, you know, with the talent they have coming in, they've been doing a pretty good job recruiting. I think they'll be able to jump in there and um, get back to that 12-2 mark. Um, but one thing I, I got to mention, I did see they play BYU uh, also. There's a lot of teams playing BYU. Um, so BYU has a tough schedule. Um, we have to talk about them pretty soon. But um, that's going to be a tough game, you know, on top of their West Virginia, Oklahoma, Texas road trips. So it's not going to be easy to get 12-2, but I think they can do it. All right, let's talk about Oklahoma. Um, obviously, last year they were 11 and 2, 7 and 2 uh, in the conference. You know, I would say most people would have seen last year was kind of a disappointing season. This was the quarterback play and Link Riley leaving and people, the whole good offensive players transferring out, but they got some good transfers back in as well. Um, you know, Brett Venables takes over as head coach. Uh, obviously, his more job is probably improving that defense, who has been terrible for like 10 years. Um, so his job is probably to make sure to get that back to prominence. But um, do you see that happening in, um, next year in Oklahoma? Do you see them being one of the top teams again, Jordan? Yeah, I see them going the same, 11-2, and two, maybe having one more loss. But, I mean, their schedule, I mean, they play Texas at home, Iowa State away, Baylor at home, Oklahoma State at home. So it's like their schedule is – I think this is probably – a really good time for them to go through this transition because their schedule seem is pretty, pretty easy in the sense of easy for college football, but doesn't seem like it's going to be too tough on them. Um, so, and they start the season off pretty easy. They have UTEP, Kent, and then uh, Nebraska, and then Kansas state right after that. So I, there's a couple of games in there that are a little, could be a little rough for him, but I can easily see him go back to that 11 and two, you know, and just being the Oklahoma we've been seeing for the last couple of years. Sounds good. Ben, do you agree or do you see a drop off happening? 
this one's not easy for me, but I think I'm coming in at 10 and 2. Um, as I, first of all, as I look through their schedule, and Jordan just mentioned it, I can't find a game on their schedule where I just think Oklahoma is automatic underdog. They have Baylor at home, as Jordan mentioned this. They have Oklahoma State at home. Um, they have Texas at home. Um, you know, I can't find a game where Oklahoma would just automatically be the underdog here. So that's 12 games in which they're either even or, or favored. So I like that part of it. There's a lot of movement going on here. So you have to wonder about the chaos here early in the season. Is that going to have maybe a little bit of an effect? You know, all the players who took off for greener pastures somewhere else, uh, that goes against them, you know, that chaos early in the season. Maybe they lose a game to the schedule because of the chaos here. Obviously, I like Blake. Uh, I like Brett Venables. I think he's going to do an outstanding job there at Oklahoma. And then I think my favorite part of Oklahoma this year is uh, they have Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. Now, I don't – me personally, I don't know that Gabriel's going to be an NFL guy, but for a college quarterback, left-handed, gunslinger, runs around, makes all kind of plays, doesn't have the hugest arm downfield, but it's very accurate within, you know, 20 yards or so. Um, love, love, love them being able to have him on the field for a year there at Oklahoma. So I think they're going to have a big year. I think they're somewhere around 10 and 2. And um, maybe they lose a game early in the schedule just to some of that chaos. But I really like what the Sooners have going on here. That's a degree. I think they'll definitely be out talented over, over many of the teams they have on their schedule. My only concern with them is Dylan Gabriel. I, I, I do like him as a um, you know, quarterback at US, UCF, but I just wondered that is the injury going to have any lasting effects? Like we see Michael Penix come back from injury and he just was not the same at all, uh, which, you know, as we talked about last week, led to my, my terrible Indiana call, which, you know, you guys can understand it's all about injury, guys. Um, but, you know, I, I think like if he could come in and play like he used to, I, I definitely see this being a, a pretty solid team that can get that back to 11 and 2 mark and, and play Baylor in the title game. So um, we'll see. Another good team last year, Oklahoma State. Um, which had some really good, good games last year. They were 12 and two overall, eight won the conference. Um, they won on the streak of their standout defense last year. Um, they came inches away from winning the Big 12 get title game. They beat Notre Dame uh, in the bowl, Big Bowl game last year, so they have a lot of momentum coming into this season. But they did lose their defensive coordinator to Ohio State. They lost a lot of those players off of that defense, so they have to kind of rebuild that a bit. But they are bringing in Derek Mason who, um, you know, inherits uh, five returning starters and brings some teams in from the transfer portal and some recruiting um, wins there too. So, um, you know, I, I feel like um, the offense will probably have to pick up its production and carry the day a little bit here. So, Jordan, with that being said, what do you think of Oklahoma State? I can see them losing a couple more games this year, I think. You know, like you said, they've lost a lot of players on defense. Um, their new defense coordinator – and, and, and like you said, they were the big you know, reason Oklahoma State went 12-2 and two last year is because their defense was, you know, out really good. But with all that losing and their offense being not great, um, quarterback plays average at best. Um, so um, even looking at their schedule, it seems pretty easy, but I can see them losing these, you know, they're at, at Baylor, at Oklahoma. Um, they play Texas. I can I can see them, you know, losing at least two of those Texas games, Texas uh, Tech and Texas or and TCU. So, and Texas, I could see them losing those. So, I, I see them getting uh, one or two more losses this year. I think the defense um, change 
is going to be huge on them. All right. Ben, do you agree? I'm pretty close on that. I'm somewhere between eight wins and nine wins for Oklahoma State. They are a they are a big time cycle program. And what I mean by that is basically every four or five years, they just have a smashing year. But because they're always a little bit behind in terms of talent to places like Texas and Oklahoma and even nowadays maybe Baylor, it tends to come back down to earth the next three or four seasons and they're sitting around eight wins. And that that pattern has held for them for a very long time now, a couple of decades. So they lost a lot off the defense. They'll have a good defense, but it won't be as good as last year. Um, they have Spencer Sanders at quarterback, whom a lot of people like. But the part that bothers me about Sanders is he's so inconsistent. He's prone to interceptions. He's prone to bad games. And then he'll have just these games where he it's like, it's like he can do no wrong. So he's a real playmaker. He's an electric playmaker, but like a roller coaster, up and down. So I've got Oklahoma State probably around nine and three. I don't have them being quite as good as Oklahoma and Baylor this year but they should have another very good season to, to me. All right. I kind of agree. I, I um, they'll take a step back, but I think they'll be pretty good. And I think they'll develop some of the younger players coming up on that defensive side. I think next year, 2023 is when they can kind of take a step back into being top of the conference again. All right. Let's talk about Texas a little bit. Um, there were five or seven overall for and six in conference, um, you know, Last year, well, I would say it was a kind of a major disappointment. They did approve their roster this offseason and should have a chance to return back to winning ways under Steve Sarkeesian. I do like their quarterback in high school, Quinn Ewers. I don't know if that means he's going to be good in college, but he, I would imagine he, if he is, then they're going to be in for a pretty decent season. Um, so, Jordan, is Texas back? Uh, I think Texas is back to the 500. Um, but other than that... <laughs> You know, they play <laughs> Alabama. You know, they play at Oklahoma State, uh, home versus Baylor, but that's the end of the season. I think that's going to be a tough game, even home or away. And then uh, just, you know, that Alabama game is kind of going to, I think it's going to be super hard for them early on. Um, and, and Quinn Ewers, like Tony said, great in college, but, you know, what – was his, you know, what happened when he got to Ohio State? We, we never, you, no one really knows what happened but him and players in Ohio State. So um, even, you know, 500, just hitting that 500 mark, I, I feel like is, you know, really in this, you know, in the sights of Texas. I think that's, that's easy for them to do. All right, Ben, ask you the same question. Is Texas back? To a degree, I, I can't get them the double-digit win. I just can't see it. Uh, the Alabama game early in the season that Jordan referenced, it reminds me a lot of Alabama playing Miami early last year. Um, we all thought, well, maybe, maybe, maybe Miami can give them a chance. And then, no, Miami just gets smoked in that game. They never really had a chance. I, I kind of see that again this year. Could, Texas has enough talent to maybe give them a chance, and then Alabama is probably just going to come in and whack some. So, but Texas also has to go at Oklahoma. They have to go at Oklahoma State, and then they kind of end the season with the game against Baylor. So that's four games right there that I think they're the underdog in myself in all four of those games. But then on the flip side, I think Texas is probably more talented than every other team they play this year. So for me, I think I'm going to put Texas at uh, seven or eight wins this year. I think they have a good season, but I can't get them to double-digit wins myself, even with Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers at quarterback, who I do like. 
Yeah, all good calls there. I've, I've struggled with Texas because they should – I mean, they should win 10 or 11 games this year, honestly, with the talent they have. They have Quinn Ewers at the quarterback. They have John Robinson at the running back. They have Xavier Worby and Isaiah Neor at the wide receivers. All those are better than most teams have, and they have all that on the same offensive team. But they have the defense they have to worry about. They have the offensive, defensive lines. Is Quinn Ewers going to be able to perform? Now, if Quinn Ewers comes in and plays like the best quarterback in college football, then they might have a chance to do something special. But I just don't – I can't seem – I can't get past all the past seasons of Texas being back and out of my head. So I'm thinking eight and four is where their, their ceiling's going to be, but we'll see. Yeah, come back and see me in 2023, and I might talk, you know, might talk to you again a little bit more serious about Texas. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk about Kansas State. Um, I think Kansas State's an interesting team. I, I, I find it really hard to see where they're going to be. I kind of see them as a sleeper potentially in the, in the conference. Um, they're led by their all-purpose running back, Deuce Vaughn. They have the Nebraska quarterback transfer, Adrian Martinez, who says this is a much better offense for him to play in, so we'll see um you know and so I, I feel like um they might have be able to do something with the offensive side and i think their their head coach um you know obviously has brought a lot of you know um good play to kansas state since he took over and i think they're continue their, their kind of march to getting back to prominence a little bit there in the big 12 but what do you say jordan do you see eight and five in their future or do you see them potentially move into that nine and nine and three ten and two type of season I think they they take a step back this year. I think bringing in that transfer quarterback. <laughs> I just give you all the reasons they're not going to take a step back. How are you going to how are you going to disagree my my facts? Okay. I think they I think eight and five is a quite easy. I think eight and five for them is their their plateau right now. I think they're kind of going to get stuck there for at least next year. Um, I think they just still need to get that quarterback in. And I think that's a lot of big 12 teams right now is if once they get that quarterback, they can definitely like blow past every other team, but no one right now in the big 12 has that dominant quarterback. So eight and five, easy. All right. Eight and five, easy. Ben, you agree? Um, I think I'm sitting around seven and five. And I, I, Tony, I know you're coming in higher on this team than we are. Um, I look at the schedule. I can see them starting off three and one easy, very easily. Um, then after that, I think they're all toss-up games. And I'm just not sure I can convince myself that Kansas State is going to win five out of those eight toss-up games. Um, so that's – and that's just where I'm at. Um, I think Adrian Martinez will be um, fine at quarterback. Um, I think he'll do a good job. I think he'll fit the system. But I'm not sure that he's a huge upgrade over what they had last year, to be honest. Um, so that, that's kind of where I'm sitting. Um, you know, I could see them going a little bit higher, probably not even lower. Uh, that's just kind of where I'm at. So I think seven and five for me for Kansas State. Disappoint me, guys. Disappoint me. Um, I think nine and three. And I think Adrian Martinez is going to fit this offense very well. Running quarterback that can, you know, throw what he needs to. And I think that's what Kansas State, how they run their offense. And I think that's what's going to be perfect for them. Um, so I think they have their quarterback they need. And I think they're going to do pretty well. Um, I look at their schedule. It's going to be tough. I think, you know, I can see them eight and four, but, I, you know, eight and four, nine and three is where I kind of see it. I could see them being in South Dakota, Missouri, Tulane, Texas Tech, Iowa State, TCU, um, Texas, potentially. Um, West Virginia is a toss up. And then Kansas, I think they can beat. So I, I think they have an opportunity there. So, but I, you know, as I've been reminded before, I've been wrong before. So, um, 
we'll see. What do you, you have another thing to add, Ben? Yeah, yeah, and I was trying to pull out the name earlier, and I apologize I couldn't. But Skylar Thompson was the guy that had last year, and I think he got drafted. He either got drafted in the NFL or he got hooked up in training camp with one of the teams. But he fit their offense pretty good already. Um, and I didn't love Martinez at Nebraska. So even even though I think Mar Martinez will fit better at K-State than at Nebraska, I'm not sure that Martinez is better at Kansas State than Thompson was last year. Uh, that's really what I'm basing it off of. But again, they're not going to be the underdog in a lot of those games either. So if you want to flip that coin and, and, and feel like, hey, they're a little bit better than these other teams they're playing, then yeah, I can see the eight or nine wins for sure. You know, I think a lot of that had to do with he was injured for a lot of last season, um, Kansas State quarterback. So he missed some games and he lost those games he missed. Wherever he played, they were they that's where they got their wins at. And I think they lost two or three games with him being out. So if you took those back in, you have a 10-win season last year with him. So that's kind of what I'm basing it on, I think, with Adrian Martinez. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I think you can yeah, probably go anyway. I mean, that's not like a I would I wouldn't go bet money on Kansas State. This is not like my Washington State pick last week, guys. But this is oh, okay. Uh, this is different than that. It's okay. a little a little less confidence <laughs> with Kansas State, but I do see them as a sleeper. Okay. Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maryland. Um, I'll see. Uh, let's talk about Iowa State next. Um, another team I, oh, I love at the beginning of the next this season. Tony's team. <laughs> yeah, I'll see how I, how I feel about them this year. But um, they were 7-6 overall last year, 5-4. and four, And last year was supposed to be their year, and they had that kind of season. So it was definitely a disappointing. They didn't meet those top 10 preseason. People had them in a playoff last year preseason so definitely did not not myself included uh they did not meet those those standards and those guidelines i'm really was disappointed i thought i thought matt campbell would have done a better job with that talented experienced team and they just did it never played well for him last year so it was a shame but um do we see with new quarterback in um uh, some new players in do you see them kind of picking it up from that seven to six or do you see this is the downfall of iowa state back to pre-matt campbell days jordan I think that seven and six is, you know, what they can uh, achieve this year. I think they're going to beat Iowa at Iowa. I think that is, you know, easy for them. I think Iowa's kind of going to go back down from what they were last year. And their schedule's pretty, you know, okay. I think that seven and six is definitely reachable. Um, not a lot to say, like you already said. Um, new quarterback and I think Matt Campbell is going to change it more and I think that uh, seven to six is easy for him all right Ben is this going to be a turnaround here back to better things for Iowa State or again back to where they were before Matt Campbell I think six and six or seven and five um, I think there's about three games on the schedule where they're probably more than likely not going to be able to touch the other team that's Texas that's Oklahoma that's Oklahoma State and then there's a couple of automatic wins, I think, on the schedule as well. So you're sitting at two and three. Um, and I forgot the Baylor game, so that's two and four. Um, that leaves a lot of 500 games there. Uh, I, I like the system there that they have. So I think they're about 500 again this year. Six and six for me. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time trying to get more wins. One thing that, you know, I would be um, delighted to see is that their sophomore quarterback will be taking a range, Hunter, Hunter Decker's is actually a better passer because I felt like, um, you know, Brock Purdy, we had all this hype, never really lived up to the hype in any game that I ever watched of Brock Purdy. He had some highlights every once in a while, but really he never put together a really all-around solid performance for multiple games in a row. And I think if this quarterback could do that, maybe they could turn things around, win eight games, nine games this year. But 
I, I just don't see that happening. I, I would say more in that six and six, seven and five um, season as well. All right, let's talk about another interesting potentially sleeper type team, and that's West Virginia. They were six and seven last year, four and five in conference. Um, they have a 17-18 um, mark over the last three seasons with Neil Brown um, as the head coach. Um, and they, you know, I think they have an interesting team coming with some transfers coming in. They have a potential uh, really good quarterback. Who knows if he actually will play and not get injured, J- JT Daniels. Um, so what do we think of uh, West Virginia here, Jordan? What do you think? I think the same, or at least – have one more win seven six seven and six i think they can easily get go start to see off four and oh uh with Pitt, kansas toss towson tigers um <laughs> and virginia tech um at virginia tech i think that's going to be their um, biggest one out of that four but i could see them getting that four first you know and uh, seven to six, six and seven, same thing. It, I think above 500 this year or at 500 this year is really reachable for our West Virginia. All right. Ben, you agree? Tony, I'm interested to see where you come in on this because I, if I remember right, I think you like the quarterback. But as I'm looking at the schedule here, to me, that schedule looks a lot tougher. Um, I think they're going to lose the opener at Pittsburgh. I think they, I think Kansas can even give them a game. And then I think the Virginia Tech game is not going to be easy. But then the schedule gets more difficult. You have to go at Texas. You have Baylor coming in. You have Oklahoma coming in. You have to go at Oklahoma State. Um, you have Oklahoma coming in. So I, I'm i picking West Virginia 5-7 and seven here. I think they're very competitive. I think they might flip one of those games. I don't see them flipping all of those games that I just mentioned. Um, they lose a whole bunch of people to the transfer portal, and then they're getting a whole bunch of people back in with the transfer portal. Um usually when you lose that many people, you don't necessarily think that the guys you're getting back are going to be better. So I, you know, it net maybe down a little bit on the transfer portal there. Uh, that's just the way I see it. Um, so I've got five and seven here for West Virginia. Um, not a lot of easy wins here for them. Yeah. Looking over the schedule, I'm thinking four and eight is probably where they're going to end up. I don't, I'm not, a, I like JT Daniels, I, especially when he's come out of high school, his first season at USC, but man, that was four or five years ago now. Um, He's transferred to Georgia, never really played, never beat out um, Sense of Bennett, who I felt like he should be a much superior quarterback than uh, whether that was Kirby Smart just wanting to go with a safer pick or, or what. But I just – I think he left his better days behind him as, as a quarterback. Now, he does reconnect here with Graham Harrell, who is his, um, you know, offensive coordinator at USC. So they might be able to get some things going there and, and kind of can reconnect again and get some good offenses going. But he will have a lot less talented players – to do that offense with so i'm a little worried about that um i kind of um, you know you know usually defense has been their, their strength the last couple of years but i think with those key losses they they have i think they're gonna have to outscore teams i just don't know if they can do that so i'm i'm thinking they're four and eight this year all right let's talk about a team i i'm going back and forth on and that's tcu they were five and seven last year three and six in conference this will be the first time since 2000 so 22 years um, this will be the first time they don't have Gary Patterson as the head coach. Um, they have the new head coach, Sonny Dykes, who was 30 and 18 over the last four years at SMU. Um, obviously no stranger to the state of Texas. Um, you know, the Patterson led teams are really good on defense. The Dyke teams were really good on offense. So you got to wonder if 
maybe this first season that they're a little better on defense, a little better on, you know, because of what Patterson brought in, maybe a little better on offense brings what Sonny Dykes brings in. So with that being said, Jordan, do you think this is a year that um, Sonny Dykes gets this program going year one, or do you think it might take a couple of years? I mean, I'm going to follow the trend of Ben. If you ask me in 2023, um, might be better, but I think that five and seven is their, their ceiling right now, I think um, under that could happen, but I don't think over five and seven this year. I just think their first year head coach um, is going to have to change a lot. So five and seven, not a lot to say on TCU. All right, Ben, what do you got to say? Numbers wise, I'm going to land in the same spot as Jordan here. I've got five and seven. I think they pick up two wins right out of the gate start of the season, but then they have to go at SMU. That's not going to be easy. So SMU can score a ton of points very quickly. That's probably a fun game to watch right there. And then they have Oklahoma coming in. Now, could they pull off that upset? Yes. But are they likely to beat SMU and Oklahoma in, in double weeks? No, they're probably more likely to lose both of those games than to win both of those games. Then you've got Oklahoma State coming in. And then you've got to go to Texas. And, and some of the games, some of the road games, it's it's kind of a staggered year for them where anybody who might be an easy win at home, they're basically playing on the road this year. So um, yeah. I like Max Duggan at quarterback. Okay. I think he can do a lot of, you know, playmaking things for them, but I'm not sure he elevates them. So I'm at five and seven on, on Texas Christian here. I'm kind of the same. I, I really love Max Duggan. I think, I think he's been misused his whole time at TCU under Gary Patterson, who did it value the quarterback position. I'm hoping with, um, Sonny Dykes here, he's able to do a lot more, show what he was able to do in high school and some of the athletic ability and passing ability that he has. Um, but I just don't know if he has enough talent around him to get past that five and seven mark. So um, I'm sticking around here. I could see maybe a potential six and six season. Um, they might be able to break through there. Um, all right, let's talk about Texas Tech next. Um, they were seven and six last year, three and six in conference. Um, they have a new head coach in Joey McGuire. Um, who, you know, we, we think is the right pick to rebuild that team. I mean, they're, they're recruiting really well for their standards and they're, they're starting to bring the athletes in. And, you know, he, he's really um, surrounding himself with really a top-notch staff, you know, including Zach Kinney in offense, the coordinator at Tim Dorero at defense. So he has some really, really good coaches in there to help him along as he transitions here. He knows the Texas area very well, having um, been a high school football coach there. Um, so I think you'll be able to recruit there, but as far as this season, what do we think is going to happen, Jordan? I, I think they're going to go down. I think they're going to take a couple steps back just because the schedule, if you just look at their schedule, they play Houston, uh, NC state. They have, uh, Texas at home. They play Oklahoma state away. They play Baylor at home. Um, they finish the season at Oklahoma. I think, their schedule is tough. I think that that they're not going to be able to, you know, as right now, build that all build that team that their team to be able to beat these teams that are already established. Um, so I I don't know what they can go. I, I say five five wins at most, but you never know. But five five wins at least. All right, Ben, do you agree? Yeah, unfortunately, I do here um, for Texas Tech fans. Uh, Tony, I think everything you said about the coaching staff is true. Um, I, I think they've got a good set in here, and I'm not totally sure they should have let the last guy go, um, to be honest. But having let him go, I think they're, I think they're, I think they're doing a good job with everybody they brought 
been here. But you look at the start of the schedule, it is brutal. They could start off the season one and five, and that wouldn't surprise anybody. It is absolutely brutal start of the schedule um, that they've got going on here. And, and then they could start off the season one and seven. They could end the season at uh, three and nine here. So I'm going to, I'm going to settle, in, settle in at four and eight. Um, they, could, they could win fewer than that, to be honest, though. The schedule is just a brutal schedule for them this year. Well, I think I might have misread this team. So I got them six and six. Um, but I think I haven't been in Murray State. I haven't been in Houston um, just because I haven't been impressed with Houston in the last couple of years. They've been good, but they haven't been, like, mind-blowingly better than everybody else. So I have them going, starting off 2-0, and they lose to NC State. I think they could beat Texas, but they probably lose that game. Um, they probably lose to Kansas State. They lose to Oklahoma State. But I think they could beat West Virginia. I think they could beat TCU. I think they could beat Kansas. And I think they could beat Iowa State. Um, but that's really asking for a lot from this team. But um, So I'm thinking 5-7, 6-6 six six is kind of where I have them kind of ending up yet. But you're probably more accurate on your end. I'd probably – I'm probably overvaluing the head, the, the coaches a little bit because you know, the talent still is not there yet. But you know, I think what you're point over the next couple of years that I think they'll they'll get it there. All right. Last but not least, we have Kansas, who is you know almost on um, Ben's super conference. Um, but we'll um you know we'll let him go through without that one. Uh, Kansas two and ten <laughs> overall last year, one and eight in conference. Um, yeah, really. Yeah, I think the highlight of their season last year was upsetting Texas. And who cared about the rest of the games? They were able to beat Texas and celebrate that all year long. So, um, but they have um, Lance Leopold, who's you know starting to build something nice in Kansas. It may take a while because I will say the last couple of coaches left that really bare for him. So he's have to really build it over the next few years. Um, but Jordan, what do you think? Do you think they have a chance to get better than two wins, or you think that's kind of where they're probably going to be at or less? I think they have a chance to get one this year. I think one, uh, maybe two, maybe two. Um, their first game is against the FCS team. I'm pretty sure. And then <laughs> they play Duke also in that schedule. But other than that, their schedule just doesn't seem. they play Houston as well. Doesn't seem the fit for Kansas. I think they're just not going to be able to get past it. Maybe same I think, like you said, with the head coach, it's going to be a long, like you got to find that right guy to change that culture there. And um, also where Kansas is located, I, I don't think they can get all those recruits in. So. All right. Yeah. Ben, do you agree? Or are you going to break the hearts of all Jayhawk fans everywhere? I've got Kansas going four and eight. I do think oh. they're going in the right direction. Um, I like their direction. Uh, but the problem is, and we, we talked about this with some of the earlier conferences, as the Kansas team, as a Kansas program, you were locked into the bottom, and it's a long, long, long slid up. So you're, you're, you've got these games against Baylor and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Texas where you know you're a pretty big underdog in every single one. So that kind of wipes out about four or five games right there, and that leaves you with the rest. But I do think they can scrounge together maybe four wins this year. And uh, hopefully, maybe help them in future seasons start to compete against the midline of, of this conference here. Yeah, I, I just don't, it, it's hard to tell. I know they'll be, te- hopefully, they could beat Tennessee Tech. But then, really, it's up for grabs with West Virginia, Houston, Duke, Iowa State, TCU. If they can win half of those games, and yeah, I can see them, you know, getting up there at four win mark. Um, but yeah, none, no game will be easy. I don't even think that Tennessee Tech game will be easy. It's just the first game of the season. So, um, 
But yeah, maybe Jake Hawkins would like that. Get a couple more wins for him under the belt there for next year. Um, all right, that wraps up the um, the preview. We'll wrap this up here with the conference championship game last year. Baylor beat Oklahoma State in that thrilling uh, Big Twelve title game by inches. Um, so who do we think is going to be in a title game, and who do we think is going to win? I had Baylor beating Oklahoma in the title game. I just think Baylor's defense is going to be too much for Oklahoma, um, and I think you know they still have to build up that Oklahoma team on both the defensive also offensive line side of the ball. So, uh, Jordan, do you agree? Yep. Same things. I think Baylor has a better defense. I think um, their offense is going to pick it up this year, and I think that Baylor is going to be a scary team to play against this year. All right, Ben, you wrap us up at a, in all in agreement, unanimous decision here. Yeah, I think I'll settle on a, on a Baylor over Oklahoma as well. Um, I think Oklahoma can win that game, especially by the end of the season. Um, thankfully, they're not having to play that game at the start of the season, maybe by the end of the season. But I, I still give me Baylor. I think Baylor has fewer questions. Um, I, I still like the Oklahoma quarterback better than what Baylor's got um, if, the, if the injury can be, can be uh, recovered from. But uh, give me Baylor. I think they have fewer questions overall. All right. There you go, folks. We think Baylor is going to win the, the Big 12. Unanimous decision here. So more than likely to be Kansas now that we said that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, all right. So that was cool. So as always, we like to wrap up with, with fun questions here. Um, and Vlad, you know, make you think, have some deep thought, um, get some more insights into us as your co-host here on, on the podcast. Now, normally Jordan and uh, Ben do a terrible job with this, these questions, but we're, we're hoping as we continue to get through these questions that they'll get, you know, they'll give some better answers here as we, as we go along. Um, so for this week, I gave an easy one, an easy one, not a really, you know, deep thinking, dive into the psyche kind of question. Um, but if you could be a top tier professional athlete at any sport, what sport would it be and what position would you play? Jordan. Can Ben go first? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, Ben, you want to go first? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> oh my lord, guys! Well, I'll go first. Go first I'll go first. Yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys take, take your time. Think about it. You know, live podcast here. Um, yeah. So, um, as I, I think about this, you know, I was always a good basketball player growing up. Still a good basketball player. I got it. Um, I could take both of you guys on one on two if I if I had to. Um, but what always um, I could be better if I had more size. So I'm a five seven. So I always had to play against like six foot five, you know, guys in, in, in high school and afterwards. So for me, I wouldn't want to, I'm already a top tier athlete. What I would like though, is to have the, the size to, to be a shooting guard in the NBA. So that's what I would ask for. Can I just get a foot, be six, seven, you know, be ready to go in the NBA. That's what I would want to be. That's where you make all the money guaranteed contracts. You don't get cut. Um, you don't get all the hit, hit, hit concussions that you do in the NFL. So for me, it's an easy decision. Yeah, basketball. I am a top tier basketball athlete already. Just give me a little bit of exercise. I'll be good to go. All right, Jordan. Hopefully you had enough time to reflect really right, deep yeah. inside you where you want to be as a as a top tier athlete. Um, so I what would you select? Baseball. Baseball, okay. Uh, maybe like a third baseman. I think I'm with Tony on the not head-to-head contact. Um, and you get a big contract if you're a consistent player. Um, there's been a lot of third basemen that are getting the moolah right now in baseball. So, no, good, good point. You know, 
that's one sport I, for some reason, I was not good at was baseball. I get, yeah, I get so hit. Not an elite athlete. So you're saying Michael Jordan's not an elite athlete? Yeah, he's the elite athlete. Well, he struggled with baseball too. So, but also, also, lead, also lead basketball players sometimes tend to struggle when we go over to baseball, is what I was trying to say, Jordan. So, um, I can't believe you have his last name as your first name. That's, you know, it drives me crazy. And my um, middle name is, is, is his Michael? first name. Uh, God, I didn't know that. I, you're off the podcast. Um, ben, you had a lot of time to think about this. Uh, I know you have a really thoughtful, um, you know, well-reasoned answer here for your rear pick. So let's hear it. If, if we were just to talk about the money first, then yes, basketball first and baseball second, because the money is insane in both of those sports right now. And physically, it's not as demanding on your body as football, right? But I think if I could push the money off to the side, knowing I'm going to be rich no matter what, give me golf. Um, I don't think the travel schedule is as brutal. I think the uh, I got a much longer career. I can play for 40 years. I can play till I'm 60 if I want to. Heck, you know, even they, even after they kick me off the senior tour, I can still show up at all the charity events and make money till I'm 70 if I want to. So I, I think that's what I would do, even though, you know, my heart is with the other sports. But if I'm looking at all, if I'm looking at it from a realistic standpoint, give me golf. So you have to be good at golf. Remember that. I, I am good at golf, according to Tony's thesis. So. If he could be elite athlete, he has chosen golf as his elite athletic sport. That's so. a good That's, that's a my good. Midas touch. All right. Yeah, so big Tiger Woods. We'll have to do our annual um, in the flat podcast golf outing one, at one point, and we'll see who's 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 better in the current in the current state. So. Oh, I, I suck at golf currently. I could, <laughs> <laughs> I, if the ball goes the right direction, I'm okay. <laughs> he actually points. He looks all the way to the right and hits it. <laughs> all the way that's what i do that's what i do as well so uh, that's interesting yeah so um you know you always get better if you play so i, I don't get a chance to play as much but something we should do later um all right thank you guys that was a little better answer so um well we'll continue to work here with jordan and ben to help them help them along here. a little bit of question too yeah um a all right guys all right, so next week we're going to be uh, previewing the ACC and Notre Dame. Um, so we'll dive into that conference and, and our, our beloved Fighting Irish here on the podcast. So we look forward to diving into that. This week, I, I plan, you know, plan to get an article out for you guys. Keep a look on Twitter. Um, we'll publish it. We have a, you know, probably a fun topic that we're going to be pushing out there to you. So definitely take a look for that. Um, take a look. We, um, we're going to try to get a recruiting podcast out this week. We may or may not do that, but definitely look for some more content coming from us this week. Follow along again on In The Flat Pod on Twitter, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>